She claims that at age nine, she created very detailed drawings of a time machine. Now, you guys are both parents. You, so okay, did right, I. you guys are both parents, right? Does that indicate genius to you? Is that a sign? No, it just means you've drawn a police box or something. I mean, what, yeah, what, exactly. What, exactly, yeah. What do you mean, very detailed drawings of a time machine? I told my husband this, and he looked at me completely nonplussed and said he and his brother made a full-size TARDIS console out of cereal boxes at age nine, so she could fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Smashing Security, episode 243, breaking news, Apple Zero Clicks, and Bad Blood, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 243. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And we're joined this week by a special guest. It is Tom Langford. Is he that special? He is, apparently. <laughs> he thinks he is. He keeps coming back. It's like, you know... Like gonorrhea. Yeah, well, when I was born, they broke the mould, and unfortunately, it keeps going back. You know, it's a bit like friends with benefits, right? I hope not. What time shall I pop over, folks? <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you just call on Tom when you're a little bit bored and you're like, oh, God, I need another show again. <laughs> yeah, I always deliver. Always yeah. deliver the goods. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. On, on we'll time, see. on budget. And let's thank this week's glorious sponsors, Ativo Networks and 1Password. It's their support that helps us give you this show for free. Coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I've got some industry news. Okay. Tom, what about you? Uh, I've got a story that you'll give zero clicks about. And I'm going to natter about a high-tech startup that had a low-tech scandal. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Well, chums, chums, it's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the Supermarket PA Newswire, who've been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest supermarket news from around the world. Industry news. Um, All new Waitrose deliveries and in-store collections will be bagless, eliminating an estimated... 40 million plastic bags per year. Industry news. Tesco cherry lovers in for a treat after UK tropical weather creates huge crop flush. Industry news. Coffee just got a latte better. Sainsbury's makes it easier than ever to recycle aluminium, aluminium for our friends, coffee pots at home. Industry news. Walmart announces major partnership with Litecoin. What? Industry news. And that was this week's Industry News. <laughs> Tell you what, it's like being in the room. Now, some fascinating topics there uh, brought to us by yeah, our yeah, news yeah. correspondent. Huge if true. Uh, huge, huge if true. One of them which caught my eye was this news from Walmart. Walmart, of course, uh, I think many Brits may not be that familiar with them, but certainly in the States, they're, they're a bit big, aren't they, Crow, North America? Do you have them in Canada? Uh, they're huge. They're huge. They own Asda. I, I was going to say, yeah. oh, are Asda? they? Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they are by far the largest food retailer in the States, big grocery chain, and they issued a press release this week saying that they would accept the Litecoin cryptocurrency as payment at its retail stores from 1st of October. Huge cryptocurrency news. 
I can't believe it. And also that that well-known cryptocurrency Litecoin. I think even Dogecoin <laughs> is more known than Litecoin. Yeah, and who, which Range one choice. of their customers? Who's all the, who are all the Litecoin users where they think this is a useful... Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's going to be getting Litecoin now if Walmart are using it. And I would imagine lots of people are getting terribly excited. Oh, and I see where you might be going with this as a result. Well, this is why it is terrible. Is because, if it was true, this would be huge news. But it is not true. Shock. Okay, so someone who's listened to the show for, what, four minutes have we been live now? And decided they had to go for a poo and didn't want to take their phone with them or didn't have uh, their home assistant in their bathroom Mm. will think this is true. Well. You buried the headline. Huge but not true. So by by home assistant, do you mean butler? (laughs) It is fake news, everybody. This big news about this partnership between Walmart and Litecoin was announced on Globe Newswire. They are a news agency. They're not some new kid on the block. They've been uh, around since the late 1990s. So it's a respected <laughs> newswire, like like Last the PA, <laughs> like the PA supermarket newswire, like PR newswire, like all of those other <laughs> newswires who are mm. out there. And this this news release, which appeared to come from Walmart, was picked up by the likes of Reuters, CNBC, and others. And it was even tweeted out by Litecoin itself after they saw news about their digital currency reported by Reuters. So so all of these established companies yes. just re-released this information without any kind of fact Including one of the organisations which was actually being referred to in the press release. So it was about them partnering with Walmart. <laughs> well, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, who knows with some of these crypto companies right well look at the time of recording graham apple's making some announcements right and what if an announcement came out a tweet came out saying hey and the next iphone is going to feature a graham cluley etching on the back of the phone this is very exciting would you retweet it Ooh, it could match the one on the ceiling of my bed whether you thought it was true or not (laughs) would you retweet it we know the answer slightly more disturbed by what tom's (laughs) just said um well well of course i wouldn't because i wouldn't believe it was true i'd no i would not you would retweet it going look at this guys (laughs) smiley face smiley face it it would match your blue tick on twitter (laughs) now listen listen (laughs) you you jumps listen you scallies (laughs) what do you think happens when news like this comes out about a, a cryptocurrency teaming up with the world's largest grocery chain um, I guess they get a lot of visits and-, get, and a lot of purchases of Litecoin, perhaps. Exactly. Mm. People buy Litecoin thinking, well, that's got to be good news for Litecoin. That's going to increase adoption of that cryptocurrency. I'm going to move my investment into Litecoin. I can get plastic pools and furniture and food for life, mm. right? If that climbs up in value. Unethically sourced food. I'm happy to pay for that with cryptocurrency. Well, we're all used to cryptocurrency prices being volatile. The value can, can rocket to the moon at lunchtime, tumble back to Earth within a few yeah. hours, up and down, up and down, up and down. So much. Like a roller coaster. The price yeah. of Litecoin jumped from £125 per token to £170 in very short period of time. Yeah. An increase, I don't know if either of you are any good at percentages, an increase of... 40? Oh, close. Oh, I'm very impressed, Tom. 36%. 36%. It's kind of mean. Not a bad profit. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're responsible for that 
story and you time it right, mm. you're making 36% free money. Yeah, exactly. That's the point, isn't it? It's like it's like the bank that made uh, um, an announcement that uh, they had been breached uh, or a financial institution. Their stock price fell dramatically. Uh, by the time the bank had realised that actually the announcement was not made by them, uh, the attackers who did make the original announcement had bought their stock, then announced that they weren't breached and that it was an attack and they should ignore it. The stock went up and then they sold it. Yeah, and they cut they a little did, pump and dump, but with a modern twist. They yeah. did that all before the bank itself or financial institution itself could actually respond themselves. Well, that's really interesting, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because, of course, we see all these ransomware gangs who mm -hmm. announce yeah. their victims. Mm. They could potentially, uh, because, because they run websites where they announce you know, who, who's been caught, and some of the media are closely following those. They could announce that a company has been hit by ransomware when it hasn't yeah. and make money on the stock market, couldn't they? Yeah. Very sneaky. Well, CNBC were amongst the media that reported the news before verifying that it was true. It's only when they contacted Walmart's press office asking if anyone could come on and talk about the new partnership that they discovered it was nonsense and Walmart confirmed that they had no relationship with Litecoin whatsoever. So what they did was they ran the story and then phoned Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because <laughs> they, they wanted to double down, right? They'd written a story that had gotten lots of clicks, so they wanted to do a, you know, a little interview, and that's where it all fell apart, I bet. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it appeared to be a press release put out through an official channel from Walmart, so most people will take that at face value. I mean, Litecoin believed it. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know. I wonder how many algorithms actually purchased Litecoin based right. on that news. Yeah. Not people. Yeah, that absolutely a possibility because a lot well, of Well, they, they, they would just see a shift in in purchase in buying trends, wouldn't they? Yeah. The algorithm and then join in or or yeah. decide not whatever to do. Well, some people took to Twitter to say that they'd invested in Litecoin upon hearing the news only to then see the price tumble down again, leaving them out of pocket, so they're not very happy. Um, and like you said earlier, this is a pump and dump scam where mm. the share price has been artificially inflated through fake news. It's the kind of scam that John McAfee was accused of perpetrating, um, where he was sort of promoting cryptocurrencies and it was said he was doing it for his own financial gain. Uh, but the question is, who is it possible to determine who was responsible for this one? I don't think it was John McAfee for obvious reasons. Well, whoever uh, he, put out the freaking press release. Right. Yeah, but through through the the company the the through Globe Newswire. Yeah. If I leave my car door unlocked and someone steals it, is it my fault? Yeah, but I don't I don't think necessarily, Carol. It was the case that the bad guys broke into Walmart's. Account. I didn't say that either, but right, they definitely wasn't. Saying? It was. I'm saying it wasn't Walmart that put out the press release. No, right, and it may be some insecurity on their side or on a supplier side somewhere. They were able to inject that message in and get it to be mm -hmm. read as though it was Walmart, and everyone just gobbled it up because that's always the way it has been till now. Right? Did, did Globuswire say they take security seriously? <laughs> they say that they are improving their security. They said a fraudulent user account was used to issue an illegitimate press release, and they said this has never happened before. And they are adding some additional authentication. I'm thinking ex-employee. Ex-employee, ex-PR firm, somebody. I think it just may have been anyone just creating an account at Globe Newswire. 
Oh, really? And uh, posted it out under Walmart's name, which suggests they don't have enough checks in place to verify that people are associated with companies. Now, one conspiracy theory would have it that Litecoin itself might be behind this, right? And uh, Charlie Lee, who is the founder of Litecoin and its head honcho, he went on TV. He was being quizzed about it. He admitted that they completely screwed up by doing the retweet, obviously, uh, which was didn't really help matters, did it? But he says one of the reasons he's confident that it wasn't them is he says he currently only owns about 20 Litecoin tokens. So he <laughs> said, well, I wouldn't be making much out of it. Now, mm. um, so, and so he didn't have much incentive for the fake news to come out. Now, if the founder of a cryptocurrency <laughs> only has 20 tokens himself. Not much of a vote of confidence, is it? No, not really. Mm. Well, you know, I kind of think this might work, but just in case, I'm not going to bet the house it's on just, it. Just the world's going to, the world's burning in front of us here. Okay. <laughs> so there's one clue that Joe Tidy picked up on, on the BBC News report mm. about this incident, which is that a press contact email address, which was included in the press release, pointed to a web domain which had only been registered a few weeks ago. Okay. And uh, emails to that address bounced as undeliverable. But that's something clearly which Globe Newswire could have checked to see whether, you know, any email addresses and things. That- you have services that do that for you, yeah. And wh- whether or not they've got Cyrillic characters in them and all that sort right. of stuff. There's, there's plenty of plenty of companies. I mean, there's about three or four main ones, but plenty of companies that will do that, you know, automatically. Homoglyphs, you can work out for those yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those sort of things. Please, Carol, don't snigger at the word. Um and anyway, so Globe Newswire, clearly, to my mind, didn't have enough security in place. They weren't properly verifying that people were who they claimed to be. Uh, but also the media sort of let the side down as well, I think. But the, the, you say that about Globe Newswire. Has it been confirmed it has actually come from inside their own domain? Or was it a copycat domain with an email or something coming from? Yeah, Graham. It was posted on Globe Newswire's own website. So it okay, really did okay, okay. appear on their website. And Globe Newswire have printed a sort of, please disregard the previous press release, yeah. as have the others as well. And we'll put links to the show notes where you can see everyone sort of panicking and saying, please, please, we didn't mean that. Reuters published a retraction as well. Um, so everyone's now saying, look, this definitely was fake. But of course, people have been left out of pocket. And somebody, I suspect, might have made an awful lot of cash, or at least Litecoin yeah. out of it. Yeah. Well, 36% increase, yeah. Carol, that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's £3.60 on 10 quid, that is. Yeah, exactly. Very good, Tom. I'm impressed. Or £7.20 on your 20 Litecoin. Maths GCSE. (laughs) Tom, save your brain. you got to do your story next. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tom. Tom, what's your story for us this week? So, um... Just before I uh, joined this lovely podcast, I was watching the Apple announcements of its, the Apple event, you know, of its new products. You might be. Absolutely. Of course I was. I I was watching it uh, while cooking dinner. Uh, My dinner, while slightly burnt, was very delicious. But um, as a result of watching it, of course. We want to know what you eat now. We want to know. Toast? (laughs) It was lovely. It was a chicken and plum hoisin noodle stir fry. It was lovely. Very good. Anyway, that's not my topic, believe it or not. (laughs) So I was watching that. But my uh, my topic is about Apple because today Hmm. my work laptop was rudely rebooted for me, almost literally in front of my eyes. 
because Apple had rushed to block a zero-click iPhone spyware. And when you dig into this, you see that actually this is a story that has been running for a while, actually. Uh, now, zero-click spyware is where you quite literally don't do anything mm. apart from receive a file in an email or a message or iMessage or something like that. And the mere presence of that file, and I think in this case it was a malicious PDF, actually allows your iPhone or your device to be snooped upon. Uh, now, interestingly, this uh, vulnerability was discovered and exploited uh, by a company called NSO Group, mm -hmm. which has been described as a hackers for hire or hackers mm. for to the for the uh, you know to the highest bidder. So effectively, I guess they're like mercenaries uh, in the hacking uh, community. They were employed, and I I don't know by who, but they were employed to snoop on a specific person in a different country, and they uh, used this particular vulnerability. And then the people who had paid NSO Group then um, exploited it further and started to spy on journalists and all that sort of thing. In fact, I think you may have covered this a few weeks back. We have talked about a, the NSO Group before. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah they, they, they do all kinds of nasty things, don't Dodgy they? Dodgy stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And literally to the highest bidder, which is normally some, you know, as you said, nasty... Uh, uh, nasty uh, government, uh, and this is this is another one. So, because there is no protection against this, or very little protection, I should say, Apple released patches very, very quickly. And as I say, we're, we're pushed down to probably a lot of corporates today with very little announcement and time, and you know, certainly not a, a patch Tuesday, but a patch now job. Patch <laughs> rave effing now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And it. it I think what gets me is where is the legality of groups like NSO in this sphere? Because the industry relies on security researchers without a shadow of a doubt, you know, for bug bounties and actually finding the vulnerabilities in the first place. And one could argue that NSO group is simply security researchers who are monetizing their research for the highest bidder. But the problem, of course, is that it actually creates problems for most people for everybody else in the world as a result, because all of these vulnerabilities get weaponized, they get found and, you know, and put into use in, in the real world. Uh, I mean, the reality is, of course, you know, unless you're famous, you know, a, a prince or prince or a diplomat or someone in a senior government position, you're very unlikely to be targeted with this. But it's still out there. It's still out there in the wild. And so I, I it just concerns me that organisations like the NSO Group exist and profiteer from this and are actually, to be blunt, making the world a, a worse place as a result. Yeah, we we were speaking, uh, I think, a couple of months ago about NSO Group with the Pegasus spy mm -hmm. software, which That's they've been right. using to target smartphones of journalists, activists, political leaders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they claim that they only deal with legitimate governments and sort of you know trusted intelligence agencies, but but that was debunked very quickly. Wasn't it? <laughs> it, it does seem that these these tools fall into the wrong hands, regardless, doesn't it? Yeah. Didn't, didn't I see a whole bunch of tweets about some hardware that this NSO group sell only to legitimate governments, etc. That, oh, look, look what I found in a field. Here's a piece of hardware. You know, I, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's from the NSO group. How did I get hold of this? 
obviously just making fun of the fact that they were able to get hold of this thing and they're not a government or a you know an agency or whatever no and they help to breed the paranoia that people have already with devices right like we're yeah. kind of now so intertwined it's like our heroin technology right i don't know if anyone on the planet can imagine living without a mobile phone or a computer or whatever you know like i say it's you know, security research is very, very useful. And it's almost like when you go far enough around the spectrum, a security researcher just suddenly becomes somebody who almost legitimately breaks the law for their own profit, regardless of what it is that actually the impact it has. So what do you want to see done, Tom? (laughs) Yeah, Master Tom. I would like to see some clarity. I'd like to start, you know, a global discourse on... Actually, where is the NSO? Because I'm seeing lots of stuff on Twitter, for instance, you know, fuck NSO group and all that sort of stuff. But is that, you know, is that the right? Are, are we hang, being hang on, hang outraged? On, on. You want to see a global discourse. What's gonna, what are you suggesting? Is that everyone gets on WhatsApp or something and starts talking about this, all these governments? Uh, well, hopefully hopefully not my WhatsApp because I, I don't <laughs> think my, I'd cope. But, uh, um, you know, links in the show notes. But um, What happens if they start sending PDF files to each other? Well, exactly. I mean, there we are. It's just, you know, we're, we're, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. But no, I think, I think actually understanding the legality of where they, where they sit on this. And actually, is this, is this sort of ire that is being directed at NSO? Is it, is it, uh, is it valid? Are NSO actually doing something perfectly legal and perfectly valid for our security industry? Or are we just grabbing the torches and pitchforks to go after the nearest bad person? Well, if they're not reporting these vulnerabilities to Apple directly, then I would argue that they're not really helping yeah. most and of I'm us, not are sure. they? No, exactly. I'm not sure they they are. But no. some might say it's a it's still research. It's just that they use it first. Mm. Mm. Okay, so, Marge. Marge, Marge like Simpson. <laughs> so in the so in the meantime, everyone needs to patch, just like you've patched today. Your laptop's yes. been rebooting, and absolutely rebooting, right. and that's across macOS and iOS. Everything with a little apple with a bite taken out of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your TV, your watch, your, your little network devices, everything. Just in case. Carol, <sighs> what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm going to cheer us up. Finally. <laughs> um, so, Theranos. Not Theranos, but Theranos. Okay? Sorry? It's not okay. Theranos. <laughs> It's just the Ranos. Theranos. The, the blood Anos. people. The blood yeah, testing people. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that today because it's fascinating. Um, and I'm going to try mm. and weave in some security, okay? Try to find a few angles that will make it tie tangentially to the show. But it's just too fascinating to not do. And it's all about tech. So apparently the name is made up of two words. A coinage, if you will. Can you guess what they might be? Something in anus. <laughs> Thermos, flask up your anus. Is that what it is? Is that how they collect the blood? Theranos. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I don't know. Therapy and diagnosis. That is rubbish. Rubbish. Isn't it rubbish? Th- therapeutic diagnosis. <laughs> Before it was changed to Theranos, it was called real-time cures. And I think one of the reasons they may have changed their name is because there was a typo that went out once. And can you guess what it read? <laughs> Real-time curses. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Alas. <laughs> I love it. That's a bit like Susan Boyle's. Oh, 
Yeah, that was brilliant. Susan Boyle's album. That was Theranos, Theranos people, not Susan Boyle. Theranos exists no more. And uh, since August 31st, right, just a few weeks ago, the founder, Elizabeth Holmes, has found herself in, in federal court fighting off 12 fraud charges. And if found guilty, facing 20 years in the clink and possibly a $2.7 million fine. So not, you know, big, big stakes here. We're going to go through <laughs> this story very quickly, okay? I'm just going to give the highlights of the Elizabeth Holmes story because I've been totally drinking it like Kool-Aid. Right, give us the how, what, where, when, okay. whatever. So she's a straight-A kid, strong work ethic. She claims that at age nine, she created very detailed drawings of a time machine. Now, you guys are both parents. <laughs> you, so okay, did right. I. you guys are both parents, right? Does that indicate genius to you? Is that a sign? No, it just means you've drawn a police box or something. I mean, what, yeah, what, exactly. exactly, yeah. What do you mean, very detailed drawings of a time machine? I told my husband this, and he looked at me completely nonplussed and said he and his brother made a full-size TARDIS console out of cereal boxes at age nine, so she could fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But she was touted as the, like, you know, the next Steve Jobs at one point, I think, wasn't yes, she? Yes, yeah. She's driven, she even learns Mandarin, and she decides she wants to go into medicine. But she discovers that she's terrified of needles, which later influences her wanting to start this company, Theranos, right? And right. Theranos's raison d'etre, that's French, Graham. I know. On the idea that it could run blood tests using, like, their own tech that required only a finger pinprick and a small amount of blood, like a few drops. And Elizabeth said the tests would be able to detect medical conditions like cancer or, you know, uh, high cholesterol or... Uh, even miscarriages, pregnancy, uh, heart problems. And they, they can do all this just from like a single drop of blood rather than have to take multiple samples. Right. Because people are terrified of needles. Needles are complicated. Mm -hmm. You have to put them away safely. People can get hurt, all the stuff. But the thing was, is Elizabeth needed some big bucks to pull off this medical marvel. She had to get her act together. She had to make herself memorable. And her approach, Tom... She put on the black turtleneck, a la Steve Jobs. <laughs> That's also French. Great. Is, is the black turtleneck, is that a euphemism for something? What, what does black turtleneck mean? Yeah, she wasn't <laughs> trying to pretend to be Sterling Archer. Apparently, she loves Steve Jobs. She even decorated her office, a la Steve Jobs. She never took holidays, a la Steve Jobs. And reportedly lowered her voice from its natural timbre to having more gravitas. Like Margaret Thatcher. Did she do that? Yeah. Do you, do you like me more now? Do you trust me? Tom, could oh you my. just let Carol finish her story before we interrupt? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she did, investors lapped it up to the tune of hundreds and hundreds, millions and millions and millions. And it's like one gave and the others followed like millionaire lemmings, right? Like literally, just yeah. like the same as your story, Graham. And actually to your to yours, yeah. Tom, too. It's all about people just going, oh, if they did it, it must be true. I'll just follow. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's all kind of technical gobbledygook medical stuff, but it sounds really clever. And they've put money in, so we better put money in as well, because otherwise we're going to miss out. All right. So, Graham, I want to imagine, I want you to imagine, I've got this bazillionaire, yes. amazing idea, and I've just given you the pitch, and you have got basically a little 
you know, you're, you've got to send me yeah. over it. You're just like, I yeah, you, want. You've, you've dreamt up an idea, like, I'm going to do a podcast about pickles. That stick. <laughs> and I'm thinking, That's, yes. that sounds amazing. I've got a pickle and it's regularly sticking. <laughs> oh. That is going to make an awful lot of money. I'm thinking, okay, right. How, how do exactly, I exactly. Right yeah. now, I would say to you, um, you never get to know how I make this amazing show. Right. So she never right. revealed how the technology worked to anyone. Plus, she'd have final right. say over anything and everything that had to do with the company. Mm-hmm. But she still wanted people to part with hundreds of millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It scares me to death that people say, OK, no problem. More fool them, to be honest with you, because I think it's a very compelling business case. But you can't do a huge amount of uh, analysis on a pinprick of blood. Yeah, but it's been a it's been a breakthrough. That's why it's amazing, Tom. Then tell us about the as investors. And I yeah, I've I've seen Silicon Valley. I know how investors work and the your three comma club and all that sort of thing. If the fact that they were not insisting that okay, we need some more information. We need evidence of the of what you are doing here is actually going to work. Mm. You know. Uh, or at least, if it's not working, that you actually, you know, you've cracked three quarters of the problem. Yeah, and mm. she went completely the other way. She's like, you want to come visit the company? You need to sign an NDA before you're allowed in the building. And a security guard's going to follow you everywhere, even the loo. Well, that's fine, as long as they give me the information. If I'm going to, you know, drop up, you know, a metric fuck ton of money onto something like this... I understand that you know there are there is security at play here. You know it's it's understandable, and I also need other independently qualified people who will also sign NDAs and have people watching them go for a poo. Um, actually, uh, validate what it is you're saying. I wish there were more people like you, Tom. Because meanwhile, she was making I big know. kick-ass deals, right? Like the ones people mostly just can even dream about. Capital Blue Cross, Cleveland Clinic signed uh, to offer Theranos tests to all their patients. Walgreens made a deal to open Theranos testing centers in their stores. They also formed a secret partnership with Safeway, worth three hundred fifty million. And she, during all this, becomes the youngest female billionaire. On paper, anyway. But rumors are starting at this point. So this big brain, right, this big testing thing called Edison, the secret machines that test the teeny blood samples, right, is temperamental, like not ready for real-life workhorsing. Okay, they're still ironing out some of the bugs. Results were not trustworthy, but you can just imagine it, having worked in the corporations before, right, clearly? Like, you know, we're meeting our deadline. We are not shifting the deadline. We are going live on this day. Fix it or else. Right. But someone tipped off the Wall Street Journal and reporter John Carreyrou, very hard name to say, Carreyrou, um, started digging. And he published his investigation into Theranos' struggle with the technology. And he found out not only were they not able to give accurate results, that Theranos was actually running its samples through its competitors' blood testing machines. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I remember. So, I remember, yeah. Hang on. So, so they got they got drops of blood, which they said, "Oh, we'll test these in our amazing machine." But what they actually did was they farmed them out to people doing it the old fashioned way. Yep, and so you had all these like basically sweat labs, people going through and trying to get everything done in time because they had a turnover time that was faster than anybody else, (laughs) like a nightmare. And she's you know she's still spinning the wheels and bringing in the money and doing like and she's like a press queen, like the press adore her. She's just 
Well, she's got a black turtle. She's got a very deep voice, and they love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Graham, I didn't mean to interrupt her all again. Anyway, so this Wall Street Journal article comes out. Holmes does not take it lying down. She goes on CNBC's Mad Money and she says, this is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy and then they fight you. And then all of a sudden you change the world. So she'd be fun at a dinner party. <laughs> she wouldn't have time for such frivolities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, she claims she only sleeps four hours a night. Uh, does she get up an hour before she goes to bed? Exactly. But things are heating up, right, because of the rumors. Mm. FDA have now been investigating. Wall Street Journal has written their article. Regulators from all kinds of government bodies that oversee laboratories are finding major inaccuracies, testing of Theranos. And, like, this is all over Walgreens and stuff. Like, you know. I've got, I've got two words to say to this. Due diligence. Like, people were being told they had cancer when they didn't, Right. Oh, People were told that they were like had miscarrying. They were miscarrying when they weren't. People were told they were pregnant when they weren't. Right? Like just crazy stuff. Yeah. Basically, 2018, the federal grand jury charges Holmes, and this is where she is now. She's now newly married because of the pandemic. Everything got delayed. She's newly married. She has a one-month-old baby, and she's facing 12 fraud charges, and if guilty, uh, faces 20 years in the clink. So is the argument whether she was deliberately doing this or is her defense team going to say that she was just incompetent? Well, that's very fascinating. I think the argument's going to be in so far as like, well, I I had a co-starter with me who was 20 years older than me and I was kind of in love with and he was very strong-minded and he ran everything. So so I I promised like a little little info security here, right? So When the subpoena request went to Theranos saying, hey, can you give us the whole lab database data? Because she always said it's in the data, right? Like the data speaks for itself. You need to see the data. You need to see all the data in order to make an opinion. So they're like, okay. It's the data. It's the data. It's the data. It's the data. Give us the data. Exactly. Yeah, like like that pillow guy and his his (laughs) proof of uh, election fraud is all in the data. Right. So a subpoena is sent to them, say, give us your freaking data from your lab so we can just see how crazy all this is. And two and a half months later, they do exactly that. They send over an encrypted database with a password. Great. Right? Except the database required not one, but two distinct passwords to access the encrypted data. And right. only one was sent in. So when the time that the, you know, the guys realize this, they call Theranos and go, hey, but Theranos is now defunct. It's now been dismantled. And they're like, hey, Not well, the phone anymore. We, we, def- we took it all apart. We dismantled the database and we ate the passwords. And so how dare you? Because that would have totally vindicated us, right? All the data that you've now lost, feds. So, um, yeah. There's, well, there's, there's a case there for, well, one, for timely investigation of the evidence that it's sent to you. And, but two, also, you know, the, 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 uh, the criminal use of, oh, sorry, I forgot. Have you, um, have, have you heard, uh, the podcast all about this, Carl? I, I listened to it. Well, I think it's called The Dropout. Yeah. There's Dropout. There's also Bad Blood. 
right? Oh, yeah. Um, that was the book written by the Wall Street Journal. And he's now just releasing now a live one, which I've been following um, as the court case is unfolding slowly. So, what, is he live tweeting? The no, court case? he's not live tweeting. He's just giving his kind of views as it's coming closer because he's mm, discovered more right. things since he's written his book. So there's lots of information. It's just fascinating. And why are we fascinated? Is it because it's a female leader? Is that why? With a very deep voice. With a very deep voice. With a very deep voice. <laughs> Around 80% of business data breaches result from weak or reused passwords. Using one password in your company can close the gaps in your security, combat shadow IT, and help your workers stay both productive and secure wherever they are. With the right tools and the right mindset, you can create a culture with 1Password where your employees feel empowered to share responsibility for security risk management. Everyone needs to be on board, working together to stay protected. Find out more and try 1Password for free for 14 days at onepassword.com. And thanks to 1Password for sponsoring the show. Listeners, it is time to get serious about preventing and detecting credential abuse, privilege escalation, and entitlement exposures. My friends over at TiVo Networks have tackled this challenge, and I want to share how it works. The Ativo Identity Visibility Bundle finds exposed admin credentials from the endpoint, conducts over 200 continuous checks on Active Directory, and identifies risky entitlement and over-provisioning in cloud environments. The Ativo Identity Detection Bundle cloaks production credentials and AD objects to hide and deny access and deceives tools like Bloodhound, steering the attacker into decoys for threat intelligence gathering. If you want to learn more and kick credential attacks to the curb, go to ativonetworks.com. That's ativo, A-T-T-I-V-O, networks.com. And thanks to Ativo Networks for sponsoring the show. And welcome back. And you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my Pick of the Week this week is not security-related. My Pick of the Week is something which I have been watching on streaming services. Specifically, I've been watching it on BritBox, but I imagine you can also rent and buy it on other streaming services. It is The Trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden, where they travel across the country, mm-hmm. actually the UK, then other European countries, eating food in nice restaurants. Uh, it's like a road movie. Didn't this come out 2003 or something? It came out some time ago, but they keep on doing new series of them. So they've gone to Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they did in the UK. I think they've done it in Italy. Maybe they've done it in Greece as well and possibly other places. Um, and it's most amusing. They're sort of playing versions of themselves. Um, and a large part of it is them sort of bantering and doing rival impressions of Michael Caine. Can I, can I tell you, uh, Graham? Mm. You don't know this about me, for real. I can't stand Rob Brydon. Really? What's wrong with Rob Brydon? I just find him 
I, I, I agree that intellectually he's funny. Is he a bit too Welsh for you? No, and I love, I love. Racist. Am I? You are racist. You're just anti-Welsh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We've got a lot of listeners in Wales, you know. I Can I say for the record, I really think Rob Brydon is funny. You don't like Piers Morgan. What does that say about you? <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob, Rob Brydon is most entertaining and he does amazing impressions. Mostly of Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my God, it's like he's in the room. So, so I, can't, um, I, don't, I really don't like him. He does that TV show. He does a, um, a series. Would as I well. like you? Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I love so Would I Like You. I love the panel. I don't, I just. Yeah. Bob Mortimer is amazing. Yes, <laughs> I agree. And Rob Brighton holds it all together. He's very, very funny. Well, Crow, you know, maybe this isn't a pick of the week for you. Yeah. But I like the trip and I recommend it. And uh, go and check it out. My pick of the week. Stay away, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what's your pick of the week? And please don't suck the joy. Well, I won't suck the joy of your pick of the week, unlike Crow. Uh, well, my pick of the week, I think, is a is a good one. It's mm. a serious one. Oh. Not a, not oh. security per se, but a small element of security in there. Uh, but it is uh, an app you can download for your phone called Traffic Cam. Mm. I downloaded this about a month ago when I realised that my travel schedule was about to start up again after 18 months. Getting the old scooter out? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I um, last week I was in Amsterdam and we stayed in a couple of different hotels. Now, what this app does is it it prompts you to take photos of your hotel room and you you select an icon at the bottom of say the bed or the sink or the toilet or a you know or a desk or something and you take a picture of it and you create this selection and then you upload them to this traffic cam app now the purpose of this is to try and curtail and as well as try and ascertain the location of the um, sexual trafficking and molesting of children. Because oh. much of it is done on the move in hotels, oh. etc. You know, so all the details are in the background and, and various agencies, Interpol, Europol, etc. They try and when they, when they come across this, this material, they try and work out when and where, etc. it happens so that they can try and try and ascertain who the victim is, who the perpetrator is, and all that sort of thing. And it starts to build a big picture. So the idea of traffic cam, it's been out for about four years, apparently. I've only yeah. just come across it. Is that by crowdsourcing this, and you say, uh, uh, you know, it checks your location. It's, okay, I'm in Hilton, Amsterdam. Which room are you in? Room yeah. whatever. And here's a picture of the bed in that room. Here's a picture of the light stand. Here's a picture of the sofa. Here's a picture of the sink, the toilet, the bath, etc. All that gets loaded up and can then be used by the analysts to, you know, pull together and hopefully bring, give them more, uh, data in order to capture the uh, perpetrators because in an in in a uh, an image of some child sexual abuse for instance there may be something in the background like a light fitting which could potentially identify the location and then may even lead to 
the identification of the perpetrators or the victim. Yeah, uh, maybe right. even the location or even the time, because it may right. have been that those light fittings were replaced this year and were there oh. last year. And so therefore you can sort of try and ascertain a rough period of time, etc. Perhaps even, you know, look, look through videotapes, etc. The kind of volume of data this can generate could be very, very useful. Yeah. I think I would have to rely though on, um, corporate trips to do that. Cause I can't imagine going on my honeymoon or an anniversary and going, just hold on, honey. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you over the threshold in a minute. Yeah. I just want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it may well warrant your, you doing your own research on this. There may be other apps out there. And if, if there are, I'd love to hear about them. But this, uh, from what I can make up from my own research is, you know, completely legitimate is providing information. It's part of a larger organization. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name is. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's EI, I think. The Exchange Initiative. I'm Exchange on the web- Initiative. There yeah, you I'm go. on the website at the moment. And it's also been uh, in coordination with George Washington University and Temple University. There's probably plenty of others out there, but this is one I came across. But if there are others, let me know. And that's Traffic Cam. Traffic is CK and then CAM, as in camera, right? That's right. Well, that's very interesting. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Not very funny, I'm afraid, but uh, yeah, fascinating. No, well, well we're, used, we're used to that from you, Tom, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, what's your pick of the week? It's not a podcast this week, but a web page. Okay, so it's in the show notes. You can go click on it. Right. And this is a web page with cuss alternatives. Um, my niece suggested that maybe I had a propensity to be a little bit sweary. Um, <laughs> oh, so these are alternatives <laughs> yeah. to swear words. So she was trying to give me some alternatives, and I thought, oh, I'm sure someone's put a web- together a website with alternatives that I can try and learn. So uh, this page came up, and I wanted to show it to you guys and ask what the heck some of these meant. Like, Gee, willikers, Carol, what is this? <laughs> Yuck you, Carol. <laughs> yeah. There's one that says, go lick a duck. <laughs> Oh, friend of <laughs> well, the show. Well, poo on a stick is all I can say to that. <laughs> and what about hey. Caesar's ghost? No, that's a euphemism. <laughs> There's one that says jerk water. Which <laughs> I like, or, or you, but that's, you're just behaving like a fart knocker, which, yes. as, as far as I'm concerned, is a poo, surely. Hang on, this. There's one here which just says Barbara Streisand. Yeah. That seems rather unfair. <laughs> you know what's annoying, though, is it says cuss alternatives, but it doesn't tell you, like, each cuss word has a distinct requirement, right? You say yes. certain ones for certain things. And I kind of would like some guidance on when to use this, right? Because I can imagine saying shiitake mushroom in an entirely <laughs> wrong context. Tom, Tom, stop being such a hob knocker, will you? <laughs> What, have I got my camera on? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's my pick of the week, trying to learn how to cuss less with word alternatives. This is not a great one, so if anyone has a better one, I'm all ears. Uh, Because you need them, Crow, because basically, I mean, you have got a potty mouth, haven't you? Yes. (laughs) I just swear a bit. Especially, you know. Swear a bit. Fudge berries, that's an understatement. <laughs> Good night. That's one too, apparently. Good night. So. Uh, <laughs> suffering succotash, that just about wraps up the show for this week. Tom, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online or find out what you're up to. What's the best way for folks to do that? 
Oh, Twitter at Tom Langford. That's uh, Tom with an H because Twitter would let me have the H. And um, on my website, TomLangford.com. Fabulous. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter and last have a G. And we also have a Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget to make sure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Huge, huge thank you to this week's episode sponsors, TiVo Networks and 1Password, and to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to all of these people that the show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists, and the entire back catalogue of more than 242 episodes, check out SmashingSecurity.com. Until next time, that's your line. Until next time, <laughs> cheerio. Bye-bye. <laughs> Stay secure, my friends. Whoa, deep, Tom. Stay secure, my friends. <laughs> Stop your recording. <laughs> <laughs>